0: Welcome change agents. I'm so glad you're here. This is Cheryl Klein and you're listening to the Limitless Leader Podcast. Hey there, Cheryl here. As always, I always have to say this. It is a very special day and every time I say it, I mean it. And today is really incredible. Jill Tracy, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Cheryl.
0: Yeah, and before we get in and start talking about a lot of the incredible things that you're doing at Microsoft, I thought we'd let people get to know you a little bit and get to know what has really driven you to really stick it out and be a leader, a female leader in, um, in technology. So, when you were younger, um, what are there any stories or people that inspired you or that either inspired you to greatness or maybe that kind of knocked you back a few and you decided to be a trailblazer and kind of clear the path for others? I mean, what really has fueled you up to this point?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. You know, I think about that a lot. I reflect on the past, the present, the future, and you know, just kind of looking at the journey. And it's it's always fascinating to look at how my life has unfolded and uh and the experiences i've lived i feel like i've lived so many different chapters of existence um when my life started out young um neither of my parents had a college education uh i'm a first generation college person in my family um and uh my parents got divorced when I was very young, so I was raised by my mother um, with my brother. And so she she worked hard, had a lot of different jobs, waitressing and secretary and things like that, that just tried to make ends meet, you know, and it was, it was tough. But I think watching her struggle uh, really taught me the value of education and working hard and really focusing and not wasting a single opportunity and i was super fortunate when i was in high school there was a turning point in my life where i had the opportunity to apply to be an exchange student uh and so i with rotary international and i did i applied for it it was very competitive uh it was it's very uh tough selection criteria interviews you know going to all the different levels of that getting through to the final selection and i got selected to be an exchange student in brazil uh am i sorry my camera keeps going in and out um, That's okay so because i'm moving or something um but anyway i i had the good fortune of being an exchange student in brazil for a year and so i left the us when i was 17. i didn't speak a word of portuguese which is their language uh i had taken some spanish in high school but spanish and portuguese if you talk to any brazilian is a very different language there are some similarities but High school Spanish did not prepare me at all for learning a a whole new language, a whole new culture, a whole new life uh, that I lived for a year going to Brazilian high school, living with Brazilian families. It was one of the best years of my life in terms of impact and setting the stage for my future and for really helping me understand kind of what I can do to give back to the world. Um, You know, coming from a humble background and challenging experiences through my youth uh, living in Brazil that year really opened my eyes to real, real poverty and real challenges that people have that are that way, way bigger than what I had lived through up till that point. And I felt like I was so grateful that I had the luck of being born in a, in a country where I could really work hard and try to make my life uh, turn into something impactful and meaningful and achieve my goals. And, you know, I think we all have our struggles in life and all of and our challenges. Um, I was grateful to to be born with the, all of the opportunities that I I had just by the luck of 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 you know my situation. And having seen that in, in my year in Brazil, it really laid the foundation for kind of what I wanted to do with my life. And so when I came back to the US after that year, uh, I I went to college, I went to Marquette University, I double majored, I double minored, I like, took on as many classes as I could, I, you know, I, I, I strive to do as the best I could, and really had high expectations for myself, because I'd seen, you know, the struggles that people have in the world. And I wanted to give back and make something of my life where I could make my life meaningful and help others that really became my North Star. And so um, I, they didn't offer Portuguese at Marquette at the time. I think they still probably don't. Um, but I ended up, one of my majors was Spanish. My other was uh, communications. Um, and then my minors were uh, political science and psychology. And I really didn't really know what to do with myself. I, I did well in school. I studied hard. I, you know, I was in the honors program. I graduated magna cum laude. I, you know, I achieved a lot. But there because my family, didn't really have any, you know, experience in in the professional world. I didn't have guidance of, hey, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer, you should do this, or you should be an engineer. I probably could have pursued any of those in retrospect, but I had no no one really giving me guidance in that. So I just kind of cobbled together what I thought would be an education that would set me up for success in a variety of paths. Uh, But my main goal was to really, I wanted to (sighs) graduate, and then I wanted to go on to help people. That's That was my goal. And so when I was getting to the end of my undergrad, um, I wanted to give back in a big way. I had been volunteering a lot during my college time, working also to pay for it because I didn't have the funds. I had scholarships, I had grants, financial aid, but I was also paying for my, my experience. Um, so I was working a lot But uh, ultimately, I applied for the Peace Corps because I wanted to go live and help in another country and help people and represent the United States as well and give back to my country by serving. And I felt the best way I could serve was doing that. Uh, So I did again. It was another very competitive thing to get into. I got selected to be a Peace Corps volunteer. I went to Paraguay in South America uh, where my Spanish served me a little bit during my training. But the people I served actually are um, they're you know, indigenous descendants of the indigenous people of of that area of South America. So their language is Guarani. Um, And they actually speak kind of a mix between, it's mostly Guarani and then a little bit of Spanish. So they call it Yopara, which is a combo. Um, But anyway, I had to learn to speak Guarani. Uh, I was serving in the Peace Corps as an agriculture extension volunteer, where I didn't really have any agriculture background except some gardening when I was a kid. Uh, And my dad was a, a horse trainer, so I rode horses as a kid. But that was pretty much my farm experience. So I had to learn all about agriculture, uh, but a lot of it was really not necessarily knowing how to be a farmer, but knowing how to communicate with the people and help them and transfer skills and access to resources, whether it's loans, micro enterprise opportunities, uh, education, seeds, a market to sell. Uh, I set up a co-op of farmers. I help them all get their their harvest together and sell in the market for a higher price. Uh, Renting a truck to take all their stuff to Asuncion, the capital, and sell it in the market there where they could get better income. Uh, And helping them set up small businesses, introducing them to new crops like strawberries, which they're still growing however many years later this is in the early 90s that i met, uh, and they're still growing this stuff i taught them how to grow sesame seeds uh, and it's amazing like they're there i stayed there i served in the peace corps for three years uh, and while i was down there i discovered quote unquote a crop that's native to paraguay uh, called stevia Bert, Bert, stevia ribaudiana bertoni is the latin name we know it in the us as a lot of people call it stevia i still call it stevia um, and it's locally called which is a sweet herb. Uh, It's 300 times sweeter than sugar. It's native to Paraguay. I decided, okay, I have these farmers. I'm trying to teach them crop diversification and access to markets. This thing is amazing. It's super sweet, has no calories. It's all natural. I need to start a company. so I did. I with local investors, local partners, I wanted to keep it all local in the spirit of helping local, not taking resources out. Uh, so set up a company down there, started producing Stevia in large scales, is selling it to markets in Australia locally, and then to a buyer from Japan. I tried to get into the U.S. market, but this was in the uh, mid-90s at this point where Stevia was not yet known. Stevia was not yet given the stamp of approval by the FDA. Now it is. It's in everything. So I was a little too early in my business. Um, But it, it ended up being a great experience and really helped the farmers and really helped the local people. And then after four years in Paraguay at this point, I decided, you know, I could stay here and keep plugging along and doing this business, or maybe I can better myself even more now that I've had some business experience. Maybe I've put some, put some uh, frame around what I've experienced and go get a, an MBA, which is what I ended up doing. I came back to the United States I pursued my master's in business at Thunderbird, which is at the time was number one in international business. Now all business, not all MBAs are international, but back then that was cutting edge. Uh, So I I got my MBA at Thunderbird. It was great experience at the time. You you were not allowed into Thunderbird unless you were fluent in at least one one other language. Uh, And you had to have international experience and have lived outside of the U.S. if you were a U.S. person. For for a period of time, uh, so that you you know you have a true global mindset, which which I felt like at this point I, I definitely had had uh, cultivated a global experience and mindset and languages. Um, and then after my MBA, um, I well during my MBA I, I did a uh, an internship at Accenture, which was great in Seattle. Uh, I fell in love with Seattle. And then I applied to Microsoft and I got hired and that was in 2002. And I've been at Microsoft for 18 years, going on 19 now, uh, and done a variety of roles at Microsoft. It's been a spectacular experience. I never imagined when I was this little kid growing up in Midwest outside of Chicago, uh, that I would end up at the top technology company driving huge impact around the world. Um, both in you know what I'm doing in my role, but also just impact and the ripple effect that Microsoft has in terms of driving positive impact, um, and that's that's really my north star has always been to try to help the world, transform the world in in a positive way, and and make a, a really great impact. So I think that's that's my journey, and you know we can go deeper on any of those topics, but. Uh, <laughs> That's a long-winded story for how we got to where we are today.
0: So thanks for sharing that. Wow, this took – you had a lot of courage from a young age. And who knew that you were kind of famous for discovering uh, Stevia and also an angel investor. I did not see that on your LinkedIn profile. Um, And like a startup. And so that is really incredible, and it just seems like – where your passions lie are a perfect really marriage with Microsoft and their, you know, commitment to those within Microsoft and also their commitment to helping the world to be a better place. So thanks for sharing that journey. And now from, you know, that small Midwestern town to director of global operations, um, can you tell us, you know, being a woman in technology, What has helped you along the way? Because a lot of times, um, especially for emerging leaders, they might look at you and think that, oh, like you were pretty much dropped into this position or, or it was easy for you because you were so smart. Or what was was that journey challenging at all? And, you know, I love asking the question. If you were to coach your younger, your late 20s, early 30s, something year old self what would you tell her now? And how did you overcome some of those challenges?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, um, I think a lot of people are their own obstacle, right? And I I think for me, uh, a lot of times, it's that voice in your head, that it's a lot of chatter, you know, there's a lot of chatter that goes on in there. And if you listen to Brene Brown, or Mo Godot, I don't know if you know Mo, he Wrote the book Solve for Happy. And he has a whole section in there about how your mind just has this kind of aimless chatter. And you really shouldn't give a lot of credibility uh, to that chatter, but instead look at it and have some self reflection and think about, you know, truly what insights can you gain and how can you get out of your own way and really have the confidence you need and trust in yourself to be authentic. And really not be afraid to, to pursue what you need to pursue, you know, and there's all these studies about women, you know, who apply for a role need to feel like they need to have, you know, almost all of the the boxes checked before they even apply for the role. And whereas men are like, Oh, yeah, I could do that. And just go for it. You know, I think just having just seeing what you can do versus what you have done and using that as the way to achieve more and strive for more. And, you know, I, my, my, the tagline I think you put on here was around, you know, transformation and that's it. It's like really look inside and see how you can transform yourself and make a big impact in your own life and in the lives of others in your work or in your family and your community. Um, so I think from, from my standpoint, it's all about authenticity, being true to yourself, true to your values, um, and just not standing in your own way and not believing some of the chatter that goes on in your head, like, oh, I'm not good enough, or, oh, they're more qualified than I am for this role. And I shouldn't pursue this, you know, don't. And if you, if you don't believe your own self, then go talk to others. And I think others can give you feedback uh, and help you understand kind of the potential that you represent and, and having a mentor or having people in your life who can help you look at things in a different way and have a different perspective. And you see yourself from a different perspective, I think is super helpful for people to to um, strive and achieve and, and get where they want to be faster.
0: Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That is so... So important. And I want to mention that if for anyone watching this live, you can go ahead and drop questions in and LinkedIn, we will get those and I will give them to Jill. Also, you can drop some questions in after the fact and we'll see them as well. Um, So, I'd like to ask you a question that might be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, And that is, you know, when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, we talk about driving transformation because. Really, the longer title of this was Driving Transformation and Empowering Every Person in Your Organization. And so whether it's for women in technology or what I learned and my eyes were open when I interviewed Kelly McElhaney, who's a professor at the Haas School of Business at Berkeley. She's also the founder of the Center for Equity, Gender, um, and Leadership And she opened my eyes, which seems so obvious now, but it just was not on my dashboard a couple years back, is that there's a lot of inequity within our gender. And so if you were to give some advice for amazing women in technology who maybe feel further marginalized within our gender, um, what advice could you give them? And also what advice could you give their leaders? because I think they're filled with amazing creativity, innovative ability, and ability to like shift industries. And we want to make sure they're fully empowered too. So can you shine a little light on that?
1: Sure. I mean, I think that I'm, I'm passionate about that. And I'm passionate about, um, you know, helping women, helping girls. I've, I've been a Girl Scout troop leader for going on eight years now. Um, I believe in, you know, helping people who have potential who don't necessarily fit the mold, right? Of of the what has been the the norm. Um, and I think um, at Microsoft, especially, there there are so many diversity and inclusion groups that exist that I participate in, from ones called Blacklight to another um, about uh, women and technology. Um, and then we have one about ability, or it's called disability, but it's really all about ability and different abilities, right? And Microsoft really tries to um, hire for you know the the uh, having a better representation of the world, right? Very global in terms of, of who and all different kinds of people from all different walks of life, from all different backgrounds, races, gender, um, you know, identity and, and all of that and socioeconomic status as well, education. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, there's so many studies that show that the more Um, diverse your group is, the better and more successful you're going to be, whether it's your your company or just a group that you're in of people just having impact in the world. And so, um, you know, I try to participate in in as many of these um, diversity and inclusion types of groups that we have. I want to educate myself. I belong to groups that uh, try to help empower people who are not your mainstream Um, I think we're super lucky in the Seattle area. We have Ijoma Oluo, who wrote So You Want to Talk About Race, and she just published a new book called Mediocre. Highly recommend um, reading her works. Um, And at Microsoft, we're so lucky because we've had her come and talk. We've had Kimberly Crenshaw, who talks about intersectionality, which is really an important thing to be aware of, 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 you know, you're not just, You know, a woman, you're a woman who may be a woman of color or you might be a woman of, you know, uh, different socioeconomic background or a different uh, educational background or whatever. There's so many different things. And so having the the awareness of intersectionality and how that impacts or you might be, um, you know, transgender or have a different gender identity than mainstream Uh, And you can add so much more value by being authentic and being true to who you are and bringing that to the table uh, and impacting things in such a positive way by doing that. And so, I mean, that's that's kind of how I look at it. I I know Microsoft looks at it that way. um, And, you know, it's an evolution. I think none of us have ever arrived, nor will we ever be there at the full Kind of Nirvana of enlightenment, (laughs) but I I appreciate the efforts that um, you know my friends make, my family makes, my company is making, my community, my neighborhood. Like it's it's really great. I'm so fortunate to be a part of that, and I want to contribute to that um, as much as possible.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like yourself and Microsoft are really, you said trailblazers and leading the way. And I like to talk about. micro steps. So can you help und- us understand in an organization or what's something like a micro step that we can do or a- meaning that I think the the, t- the small consistent things matter. And it seems like from the folks that I've talked to are experts, you know, in this space, it really impacts You know, with you doing this, it probably impacts your teams and their ability to be creative and motivated and productive and all of those things. Is there one small thing that you can recommend that we could go do and do a little bit differently that might impact lives in our organization? And it might just be as simple as inviting someone to a virtual coffee and asking them how they're doing or... Is there a micro step that you can share that we can kind of all wrap our arms around and start doing a little better, more consistently?
1: Well, I think we're all in different situations. It's hard to generalize um, because everyone is going through different things, especially now in our time of COVID, where some people are virtual, some people are back to work. You know, it depends on which, where geographically people are tuning in from, but Um, I think, you know, even if you're if you're virtual or you're in person showing up and actually speaking up a lot of times, you know, we're in meetings that are on teams or whatever platform uh, and people have their camera off. And so, you know, I would say in those situations, turn on your camera, even if it's just for a few minutes to check in and show your face and people can start to put a name with a face more. Uh, Just showing up in that way, speaking up, you know, it's hard sometimes in these virtual environments to um, feel like, well, maybe what I have to say isn't as important as that one, because that one's higher ranked than me. No, it's speak up, you know, if you have something that's valuable to say, you know, you weren't hired because you for whatever you were hired, because you have some value to add. So (laughs) add it, make your voice be heard, don't be afraid and don't be shy. Um, And you might make mistakes, but the other thing that I love at Microsoft at least is growth mindset. Like we have embraced that in such a big way. Like if you're gonna make your mistakes, make them, acknowledge them, be accountable for them, be responsible, but then learn, reflect, and then do better next time. And we're all human and we're all working hard and we're all struggling through all of the challenges that life throws at us. So give yourself some grace, give yourself some space You know, appreciate what you have accomplished and then go do more and and give more.
0: Yeah. And I like to add to and bring people along with you because it seems like you've been amazing and Microsoft is really, excuse me, amazing at fostering that as well. So is there one call to action that you give for everyone to just either um, tell them what to do, where to go, or just something to? that they can do and what do you want them to take from this
1: um well I, I from my standpoint i'm like i said earlier i'm a big big advocate of girl scouts uh i wanted to be one when i was a kid but for multiple reasons wasn't able to i have three daughters uh and um so they they have all been girl scouts from kindergarten on uh and i've been a leader a troop leader for all of that time my oldest is now in eighth grade and so um it's i I believe in the power of girl scouts i think it's accessible to all girls all um uh, backgrounds race religion uh you know uh, economic status they have uh programs to help girls who want to participate who maybe can't afford to do it uh, so I think it's such a great experience because it teaches about, you know, values that really are cross all, all boundaries, about being honest, fair, integrity, compassion, um, you know, courageous and strong is part of the, the whole mantra of Girl Scouts. So There's the Girl Scout law, and those are, those are some of the things about self-respect, respecting others, community, family, and the world so um you know, I would say be a part of it in some way uh you know give back to to girls if you can in that way, even if you don't have you know a daughter or a girl in your life, you can still be um you know participate in some way uh in it and uh, so that that's my my thing these days over the last few years is how I spend some of my my spare time. <laughs>
0: Because I'm sure you have so much of it. No, I'm just kidding. I know that you don't. And I really want to honor you for, you know, making that time for the things that are important to you, in addition to being the director of global sales operations for Microsoft and their business applications. Jill Tracy, thank you so much for your time and your gems of wisdom. Much appreciated. And I look forward to continuing to follow you.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. I love the opportunity. Thank you so much. And you take care. Thanks.